Nice shoes. Victor, Benji. Woo! Benji, take your shirt off! <laughs> what? You're all thinking it. My story is confusing. Some guys like guys. Some guys like girls. Some guys like both. I'm not even sure what I like. You just made Mia Brooks lush. Mia is not just some girl. Everyone is obsessed with her. Even the bathroom graffiti about her is respectful. <laughs> All right. Not as respectful as this show. Our show is the most successful, respectful, uh, impactful. I can Shh. I can come okay. up with another rhyme. I've got this. Ah, doggone it. <laughs> Welcome to Corn Killers. Uh, like he said, welcome to Corn Killers, the show about making statements that you immediately regret. I'm Tom Merritt. Uh, I'm Brian. <laughs> We've got uh, that. That was a clip from the upcoming what Netflix original series, Brian? The upcoming Hulu, Hulu series. Hulu original. Love Victor. This we reported this was going to be a Disney Plus series, but it's been moved over to Hulu. Hulu. Uh... This is a spinoff of the 2018 rom-com Love Simon. Uh, it's got a new character in the center of it, Victor, uh, who's figuring out his sexuality and how to deal with the family and high school and all that stuff. And he contacts the original Simon from the movie. That's coming to Hulu June 19th. Uh, you know what's, uh, before we bring in our main guest, uh, it, it, it's really fascinating to me how how universal, like like watching that 20 years ago, that, that trailer would have been remarkable because it was about somebody discovering whether or not they were same-sex, bi, whatever. Um, uh, I, uh, it's extraordinary to me how universal, like, oh, no, 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 I get it. You're just in that teenage phase where you're trying to figure out what you're up to. Uh, I remember that. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, I, I, I'm surprised at how, and, and I mean this in a good way, how boring that is to me now. <laughs> like, it's teenagers figuring out teenage stuff. I will well, say. How, how the, the story is just a love story, right? Yes, that's, yeah, that's, correct, yeah. correct. Uh, I will say, Love, Simon is a very cute movie. It's kind of boring. So hey, hey, hey. <laughs> we, we agree. Two out of three panelists agree that it's boring. <laughs> but now we're gonna bring on our main guest, Lamar Wilson. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming back, man. So hey, good to I'm see you again. Great to be here. Thank you so much, uh, Brian. Appreciate it. Uh, all right, uh, man. Should we should we just jump right in on the primary target? Yeah, Lamar, never, are you ready for I've the never, primary never, target? Yeah, are I've you ready? Oh, no, I'm sorry, sorry, Bryce. Bryce, are you ready? We, there's a primary. It's it, I think, there's one target. It's very primary. I think I'm ready for it. Here we go. Okay. Oh, I wasn't ready for it. <laughs> Duck on it. <laughs> AT and T confirmed to The Verge that its HBO Max streaming service will not count against AT and T Mobile's traditional data caps, or even those kind of invented soft data caps that you have when your plan is called unlimited, but at a certain point it slows down a lot. Uh, I won't count against any of that. Competing services like Netflix and Disney Plus will. A Verge source says HBO Max is using AT&T's sponsored data system, which technically lets any company pay to excuse its services from data caps, which would mean that internally, since AT&T owns both AT&T and HBO Max, that Warner Media uh, records an expense and AT&T Mobile records revenue. But on the bottom line for the whole company, it comes out of wash. Uh, when The Verge investigated in February 2018, only AT&T's own DirecTV, Uverse, and Fullscreen. They own all three of those. Only those three were using sponsored data service when The Verge looked into it. Uh, if you go to AT&T's sponsored data page, they list a partner named Aquato 
as using it. Aquato is a marketing company that gives customers more data to use in exchange for viewing ads. Uh, so Lamar, I saw you clapping a little bit there. Uh, <laughs> you, do, you, do you like that AT&T is zero rating its own service here? Yeah, I, see, I'm terrible. I'm a terrible person. I just want everybody to know that. So I, I, ha I have AT&T, so I'm very biased. And I'm like, I love HBO Max. So I'm like, bring it on and give it to me free. I don't want no, no downloads. I don't really use the other ones. So again, this is very, very biased. Um, I applaud it for this reason, but I know there's some other like small little net neutrality issues. I mean, uh, man, uh, uh, talk about, uh, you know, we were just talking about that uh, Love Victor moment, you know, how different that would look 20 years ago. 20 years ago, uh, this very idea would be a hotbed, hot button issue. The question of like, um, you know, is it okay to give preferential bandwidth treatment to your own content or whatever? But, but in an age where 5G is rolling out and we're about to have Starlink out there or whatever I, I i feel like this is a lot of phoning in we know we need to say these words to make the very increasingly few people who are worried about hitting their bandwidth caps comfortable with watching all of this stuff um I, I, it looks it looks like you and I might not be aligned on this, Tom. Uh, well, I, I, I'm questioning that there are few people worried about hitting their bandwidth caps fewer, on mobile. Fewers, and and keep in mind, on mobile with five G coming, that's going to make you hit it faster. So yeah. I'm not quite following your logic. Uh, uh, will there be that data? It's not like bandwidth the caps, caps are, in five G. There will be. Uh, okay. Uh, okay, so man. It, it, do me a I favor. mean, if you're, I don't think the 5G Starlink thing really bears on this. If you're saying like bandwidth caps are on their way out, uh, then then okay. Although I don't quite see the evidence of that. Um, well, uh, well, well, so so let, let, let me give two threads. First of all, um, uh, uh, Peter Diamandis's book uh, Bold says that if you want to start a tech company, go ahead and assume certain things are, if they're trending towards free. Just assume they're free to build build your company around it. Uh, 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 Google was based around the idea that as uh, storage became in closer to free, like let's just pretend it's free today and then build a business that is ready for you know a time when storage is pretty much free, which is pretty much where we are. Um, uh, uh, same thing for uh, communications technologies or whatever. Uh, uh, Ten years ago, people you know, we're, we're having full on fist fights about net neutrality and there's only so much internet to go around and I need this and, and give me those, um, that the volume has been turned down on that so much. And keep in mind, as we transmit this, we are transmitting part of it on one broadband service, uh, uh, also transmitting and receiving on another broadband service with a third one in the wings ready to go on top of that more options are coming up every single day i just got a notice today from at&t that hey man just to let you know uh, uh you almost hit your cap uh and when we say almost we mean you got uh 75 of the way there this month but if you ever cross it just know that Everything will stay the same, but if we feel like it, we might slow you down if things get real busy. So, so in that world, all of that is to say my headspace is not really feeling any power behind this 
grandiose announcement that that video usage will not count against bandwidth caps. Well, it's not very grandiose. The Verge had to go dig it up. So, like, I mean, the, I, I think you might be overselling what, it. So, uh, so, so, sorry, and I think that that's what I was trying to prod out of you is is even the way you put it, I suspect you also agree, but I'm trying to force you to agree with me publicly. <laughs> that, I don't, know, nobody what, cares I don't about- know what to agree with. If if you're trying to say someday bandwidth caps won't be a problem, I will agree with you. Yes. If you're trying to say no one's worried about bandwidth caps right now, I totally disagree with you. Okay, okay. So, uh, so, and, so. And, and if you're arguing like the people who are worried right now aren't as worried as they used to be and should be worried less soon, I guess maybe it's hard to tell. Uh, but- there are definitely bandwidth caps, and this definitely is already annoying a lot of people in our chat room. So I, I, <laughs> I feel like you're saying, don't worry, everyone. Someday it'll be fine. Uh, and I'd rather focus on the current thing, which is, do you like, like Lamar, uh, that this won't count against your bandwidth cap? Or do you think that that is unfair? Yeah, but I like saying the thing that makes people mad. So I, I'm trying to figure out... <laughs> Here, let me let me let me try joining you on that. Uh, this is not a net neutrality violation, as it is right now, without thinking about the future at all. I will agree with that mainly because but no, no, no. I mean, it, it's not a matter of opinion. Uh, if this was still under the open internet guidelines of Tom Wheeler's FCC before Ajit Pai came in and overturned those guidelines, this would be allowed. I'll still agree with you. And no matter how okay, hard you, you try now, now you. <laughs> to get me to not agree with you, I'm going to keep agreeing with you. Uh, my, my, my point is, uh, I think that part of the reason uh, this is a soft-sold benefit is because I think in general, people are less fired up than they were 10 years ago. That's really my point. Is is Here's my thesis. 10 years ago, everybody was terrified about bandwidth caps and about uh, you know uh, traffic shaping and all those things. But But now we're in an age where we live with much more abundance of those things and i'm not saying that there aren't people who have real problems with you know internet speeds and wouldn't like more and all those things you're talking to a broadcast company that's trying you know to fix a lot of broken things but my perception is is that the world at large and by the world i mean america let's face it uh is is less worried <laughs> So I have, I have a question, uh, maybe for Tom, I don't know. Uh, who are the people, and maybe this is, I'm just, again, I'm in a bubble, right? But who are the people that are using up their HBO Max or Netflix data caps on mobile? Um, I've got children. Fair question. They're called okay. parents. The thing you're thinking of, it's parents. People but who have Wi-Fi? miniature... Uh, they're they're small and they sit in the back of your car sometimes. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what these things are. I, yeah. I don't know. Check the back of your car next time just to make yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, you, you never know. know. You might have. I might, you I might, might have be in several. trouble. <laughs> <laughs> if you see something, you might be in trouble. You're probably fine. See something, say something. Uh, no, no, no. I, I think in general, it's uh, this is a parental thing. I think this is guided and focused and directed at parents, and that's really uh, the beginning and the end of it. But that, okay. but also there are, there are people who are using their, their phone connections as their internet, right? Uh, I mean, that is there, we've, we've, wait, there's there on daily tech news that. show, we've talked about documented, uh, increases in the number of people who say, I only have an internet connection through my phone. I, uh, and so those people are only okay. getting video through a phone connection, whether it's tethered or not. 
Right, and we have two backup connections that are that are they're wireless ISPs uh, that that we rely on. Uh, mm. None of them are our primary, uh, so I, I have no doubt that there are people who are in, in, in that spot. Um, uh, I guess what I'm wondering is just just it, it, again, this is all just me waxing nostalgic like remember when we used to be really fired up about data caps and worried that there's only so much i mean do you think people aren't fired up about data caps because you're not following the story do you think people are not fired up about data caps because i don't know there's a virus killing everyone or i i i'm just not getting that part like people are still pretty fired up about this from where i sit i think i think i'm i'm marveling because you're 100% right. Uh, it could be that the number's lower because there's certainly other things going on in this world. I think I'm taking a Brian moment to marvel at just how much the volume has been turned down on this specific issue over the last 10 years. Because 10 years ago, you and I were on the Twit Network talking about this kind of stuff, and people were ready to punch other people. And I, I don't see much of that these days but 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 it sounds to me like you're seeing a lot more of it in the dtns crowd yeah i mean yeah it is better right and i i, I won't take that away from you but I, I don't think it's minimized i mean people do get pretty fired up about it but not to the punching point i i'll i'll, I'll go with you that far there's much less punching about data caps than we should arrange I like punched, a. We I haven't punched anybody yet. We should it. we we should have like a three way MMA fight over this. Just to- <laughs> ESPN, get on that. I mean, uh, for us, it'll be ESPN twenty because I don't know who would watch that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this is the uh, the kind of thing that you know. Hey, if I want HBO Max, I better get it through AT and T. Uh, and if you're bothered by that, it would have been allowed under open internet guidelines before. So it's not a new thing. It's in fact, why they have their own service was to get around those rules. The rules before said you can allow, you can zero rate, but you have to make it available to everybody. And that's why, that's why we went, I went through that long description of they have it available for others. We can't find out if any others are uh, taking advantage of it, except this one marketing company. Uh, But they're trying to play by rules that don't even really exist. They wouldn't even have to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. I, hey, uh, I, I will say this much that uh, that that I was probably unfairly dismissive to somebody out there listening right now who's like, no, 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 this exactly applies to me. And I was really excited about it. I can't believe that you're acting like we live in a magical, abundant age. I'm feeling the restrictiveness of this uh, cord killers at Gmail dot com. Please, please. <laughs> All right. Uh, and also, we're hiring, Brian. Uh, yeah, uh, doggone right. We're hiring. You're what? Uh, we we've got to replace some problematic we got an email. co-hosts. We got an, e- we got an email from Jeff. Uh, Jeff said, "Well, I did it. After years and years of watching, going back to the Twit days, I finally gave myself a promotion to boss, which only makes sense because I work in the events industry and I'm bored now due to a lack of work. So why not get a job with one of the few folks hiring right now by paying to become a Cord Killers boss? <laughs> uh, yeah, it, real quick, the plug is patreon.com slash Cord Killers. Just a buck an episode. It makes all the difference in the world. You'll never notice it. It'll, it'll keep us in business. Uh, can I confess something? Tom, there's, there's, there's a podcast that I've listened to that over the last year went from a two hour experience every single week to you only get the first hour. Everything else is Mm -hmm. hidden behind a paywall. And I spent a good, like six months figuring out that, you know, I, I guess I only wanted the first hour anyway. And then 
one day I was just bored enough that I made the transition to becoming a boss and it was awesome. It felt so great. <laughs> is, Getting it, is, all it this, the is it this podcast? Yes, is, is I listened to my own podcast. Oh, awesome. excellent. <laughs> we weren't letting Brian hear himself for the final hour. Uh, no, no, no. I, I, like, like, I, I can't, I, I've, I've, there have been shows that I've supported from the beginning and there have been shows that, that, that I listen and enjoy and don't mind the ads for, but, but only in the last year have I had a show that I really fell in love with, but held off on becoming a boss. And then I did it and it felt so, so good. So, so, so if you're, you know, a version of that, go ahead and give us money. It's okay. You'll, you'll, you'll feel yeah. good. It'll be right. Look, Jeff did it. You can too. Patreon.com slash cord killers. Let's talk about how to watch. Now, we as cord killers are interested in when people will go back to the theaters. Why? Because as cord killers, uh, what happens with theaters affects when movies will be released to us sitting at home. Uh, mm. But also, a, a lot of us do like to, you know, wander out and see those movies in the theaters as well. So there are the questions of when will people go back to the theaters, as well as will people go back to the theater? So we've been following the indicators. Uh, let's check in. South Korea has been one of the better test cases out there. It has a thriving film industry and a theater going populace and its theaters have been open for a while now. So this is a chance to look at, okay, what's a, what's a test case look at where people yeah. are finally allowed to go back to the theaters. Uh, ticket sales this weekend finally rose in Korea, 112%. Uh, to just less than half of normal. The Korean Film Council helped us by issuing discount vouchers, which they will continue to do. So they were giving people essentially the equivalent of about five bucks off of a theater ticket. So that, that made the tickets less expensive. And Intruder was the first major film to get a theatrical release in Korea since the virus hit. Before that, it was a lot of uh, re-releases, things from overseas like American uh, movies uh, that hadn't quite had a full run, stuff like that. Intruder brought in $2.23 million, and there's more where that came from. Coming up in Korea are Innocence on June 2nd, Me and Me on June 18th, and Hashtag Alive on June 24th. Those are that's So in Korea, we're seeing the tickets are going up, the releases are starting to happen. That first release really brought people back into the theaters. And that is what people are hoping in America, at least people in the theater industry are hoping will happen on July 17th for the worldwide release of Tenet from Christopher Nolan. That is the big date to watch. Uh, there's a movie called Unhinged, which will be the first new wide release in the U.S. on July 1st. But Tenet is the first major budget movie hitting theaters July 17th. So everybody's looking at it. And that, of course will pave the way for Mulan, which is coming to theaters on July 24th, should all go well. So far, everybody's confident nobody's moving July 17th, but nobody's promising it yet. In fact, when that trailer hit Fortnite, it just said coming to theaters. It didn't say when. Now, the theaters actually opening is also starting to happen in the U.S. as well. Cinemark is one of the first big chains that will open. We're getting a lot of smaller chains, a lot of indie theaters opening, but Cinemark is expecting phased U.S. reopening. So they'll start in a few markets in June 19th, have a few more the week after that, et cetera, until they hope to have everything open by July 10th. AMC has started reopening their cinemas with three theaters in Norway on June 3rd. They say more will come to Norway over the next couple of weeks with wider European openings to follow. 
and they have no plan for the U.S. Uh, in fact, uh, there's a little nervousness around AMC because in a financial filing, AMC warned that if it cannot reopen by July 17th for Tenet, quote, substantial doubt exists about our ability to continue as a going concern for a reasonable period of time. So the, what we're looking at is things are looking like you'd want them to be in Korea. We're looking at July 17th for Tenet. The theaters are ready to reopen. They're getting their plans in place for safety precautions and getting the information out there. Uh, but nobody's committed to it yet. There's still a little bit of a fingers crossed feeling. I, I have thoughts, but I, but I think some of them I've said before. So I'd, I'd be much more interested to hear what Lamar thinks of, of if you're going to put on your prognostication uh, predictive hat. Uh, uh, number one, what do we think the first you know, major release since all of the pandemic started looks like? And then number two, how fast do we start to feel like things are normal? Yeah, so I'm look. I'm looking at you know again, tenant being that that you know thing to watch on the 17th of July, and I don't know for if me, I'm not going to theater until you know 2059 or something. Like I'm, we, I'm, not, I'm we not, have already I, talked I, about this. You're, you're you're celebrating all of this. I, yeah, I, I, but, I think you were the dissenter. But, Tom and I said we would wear spacesuits to go back to the theater, <laughs> and you're like, I'll never look at one again. Yeah, I mean, Korea Korea is interesting. Like like. I mean, it's it's still half of what it was, but it, there is some in increase. And I think that's what's going to happen here. People are going to trickle in. You know, we're, we're seeing a little bit different with you know bars and restaurants opening. You know, we talked about that before the show. Like, the, those things are starting are getting crowds. But I think the idea of sitting for a couple hours with uh, either a mask on or with it off and people and you just taking a chance that might be. I've talked to some people about it. That might just be something that's a little bit hard to handle when you saw. Uh, Scoop do well. You saw uh, Trolls do well. And so the thought process is, man, if I just wait a few weeks, I can just kind of have this in my house. That's that's how I've thought about it. That's how some of my friends thought about it. But I have something more controversial for you. Good. Okay. As a, as a question. That's what we need. Um, so why are we as a society so eager for, for uh, to save this industry where, you know, it's destined to go digital at some point, like, is it nostalgia? Is it, you know, I, jobs? We want to save jobs. Is it, why, why, why is there a push to, I, I, to make theaters work again? When, when it's like, I just talked about a couple of films that did really well in, in digital. Like why, what, what is it about theaters besides, you know, besides the obvious, I guess, here, nostalgia? Here's what I think it is. And, and this, right. uh, please, Tom, interrupt and stop me if I get too philosophical. But I think uh, as human beings for, tens of thousands of years we have gathered around the campfire and told stories that means one or two people have been the storytellers the rest of the tribe has been the story listeners but it has been a communal experience that is magical um uh there have been various proxies of all of these things over the years uh you can't replace it with playing video games at home alone because that's only somewhat communal and it has a uh, script and a narrative that's already been written and is on rails or whatever. Uh, I think you can get close to it by going to the theater, uh, that kind of thing. But but in a, I, I think this is a purely human need that we have, and I don't think we can stop it. And for now, there's nothing better, more flexible, more cheaply uh, distributed than than movies. And I think I, I think that is. That is what we're hoping to get back to 
and then we'll see where it goes from there. So there is some nostalgia built in it. I, I actually, you, you went deeper than I thought you were going to go. I didn't know you were going to go back to the caveman days. So uh, congratulations. <laughs> hey man, I just watched Debs, so I'm a little bit you in my head. You want nostalgia? Uh, yeah. Let me give you some nostalgia. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why I want to go back to a theater, to be honest, but I do. I miss it. Uh, and and for me, I, I think there's, pro- if I had to guess, it's probably just something about the larger than life aspect of it. I I I don't know if I really like the communal aspect. I don't want to talk to anybody in there. I I don't like it when people are making can, noise or anything. But they're but, well, hold on, hold on. Okay, just, 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 okay. settle down. Right, I'm making right. one point. I'm gonna make another, and okay. it's a complex okay. thought. So fine, I need more fine. than 280 characters. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I don't like that aspect, but I do. There is probably something, even if it's subliminal, of of sort of the uh the laughter engulfing you right and knowing that other people are experiencing what what you were talking about brian that that sort of like caveman experience of 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 hearing the story uh all of us together uh there's but i i can't really put my finger on mm. whether that's it or not but the other day we were we were driving back from taking our, our dog to the vet and i saw the arc light theater that i always used to go to and i was like man i've I really want to go there. I really like it was just an unbidden thought. Like I, I, I miss I, it. I can agree with you on, on, on that. I remember the last magical movie was uh, Avengers Endgame. I don't know if you were there for the, pre- oh, for the sure. premiere, but it was at the, it was at the LA convention center. And that was just like, it was just magnanimous, you know, and, and you know, so yeah, that was an experience. Yeah, I, yeah. I would have enjoyed, I would have enjoyed the movie at home too. And I have enjoyed it at home, but like, but like being, yeah, being there, it was, was special, but that was like a special uh, iconic event for everyday movies that are, you know, coming out like a tenant. Like I've seen a trailer. It looks great. Christopher Nolan, but it's like, is that going to drive me out of my house? Even be- pre pandemic? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it, yeah. It's one that's like, yeah, it'll be out in two months on on digital and i and i just because the windows are shortened now so yeah i don't it's not gonna get me out i don't i don't know what it'll do for everybody else so and i agree i i think this will be a middling release i think it's gonna take some time to ramp up and and this is sort of a sacrificial lamb of like well let's at least get started here we go right um but i think what we're all craving um for me rocky four was unreal that moment like I got so caught up. There was a moment that the whole theater stood up and cheered and clapped when he punched that steroid using Russian right in the face or whatever. Like, 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 uh, um, every movie is a scratch off lottery ticket and we're all addicted to the possibility that that moment might be waiting around the corner of this next movie. And, and Avengers Endgame is an awesome example of it because mm-hmm. yes, we all know this will not be Avengers Endgame, but we're also a little Absolutely. bit addicted to the possibility it might be because, because uh, for every, uh, for every Avengers Endgame that we knew was going to be a slam dunk, we've had those surprise. I just had my mind blown movies and nobody saw this coming, you know, like um, uh, on the advice of Jeff Kanata seeing split, not knowing what it was about or anything was one of the most wonderful magical experiences. And you felt it through the entire theater when Interesting. a thing was revealed uh, at the end. Um, yeah. We're all addicted to that. And I don't see that addiction going away anytime soon. 
That, uh, you all explained it way better than than I would have imagined. So uh, thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know. and 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 I think there, <laughs> that, that your point of view on it is is not uncommon. Like, there's a lot of people who are like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Not for me, right? I'm I'm still mm-hmm. just going to wait for it to come home. Uh, if to that aspect, I would say that maybe something that will draw even some of those people like you, uh, who are who are saying, well, I'd rather watch it at home, is the fact that you can't be interrupted. Like there is something to the experience of going to a theater, which is you, you won't get up to the, go to the bathroom unless you really have to, right. You won't, you won't get interrupted by a phone call. You won't get distracted of like, well, you know, let me put this on pause and look up something like there's something. Yeah, about I did that, I did that for school. Yeah. 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 Exactly. There's something about that, that <laughs> sometimes that's cooler to be able to do that. But, but there's something special that I think it's even more special now because we are more likely to be interrupted at home than ever before by our own thoughts, if nothing else. Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe think of it, of it a little bit like, um, a roller coaster ride or a theme park experience. Like one of the, uh, none of us love having a giant thing lock us into place, but it's a commitment device that defines what our experience is, is like it's beginning now and there's no getting off until it's over. And, and I think that that is a more thrilling experience. Um, movies don't always pull that off, but, but when they do pretty, pretty great experience. I even like going to the theater to see bad movies. Like I like not meaning I, I go and I know the movie's bad, but even when I've gone to the movie theater and the movie's been bad, I will, I will come out of it going like, well, but at least I got, I, I got to see it in a theater, right? Uh, like so that, that you, feels so, like so a you compensation. Did see, for you did go see cats then. Okay. <laughs> I didn't, but I saw Ad Astra. Uh, Oh my God, Ed Astro just <laughs> kept on going. Um, but 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 I'm I'm with you, Tom. Where it's like at the end of the day, I know I'm going to be able to sit comfortably, uh, get through uh, two, maybe two and a half beers, uh, have have a, a hamburger, and uh, uh, my kids won't like nobody's allowed to bug me. <laughs> like it's yeah. it's pretty great. <laughs> kind of great. So so who's first? Who's first going? You you are you are Brian. Uh, oh, um, who's gonna who's, who's gonna do it first? That that's up to Eileen and Bonnie. <laughs> I know. Oh I, no! I, I think that's you exactly what he's asking: is who's yeah, gonna yeah. break first, <laughs> Eileen or Bonnie? And let right, me make my right. prediction: uh, Bonnie has three daughters, <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, if I were to predict who's gonna break first, it would be on our end. Now, and I, gotcha. you know, all kidding aside, it it is a joint decision for us, and we were talking about it this weekend, uh, and and. I'm a little, little more on the fence, uh, for tenant. Uh, but we're both kind of ready. We think we'll probably, we might be ready for Mulan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I, I wonder how much, um, uh, tenant totally different production company, right? Like th- there's no way that there's like an intentional, uh, Hey, let's make sure to send this movie out to break the seal so that Mulan can be more of a success. Do you think there's any of that game theory happening? They, they, they may have talked. You don't think they, yeah, I mean, I, I, think, I would imagine I think, yes, there's some kind of horse trading that happens, not, right? Yeah. I think, I think Christopher Nolan wants to be, the, it sounds from all the interviews that he wants to be the guy to, sure. to, to brave the way through. I don't think it's a, uh, I, I, I wouldn't characterize it the way you're saying it's, it was on the schedule. Uh, somebody had to go first and I, it sounds to me like Nolan said, yeah, no, it'll be me. I'll, I'll stick to it. And it's a, it's a great movie for that because it's safe. It's going to make most of its money on demand anyway. 
uh, because it was never going to bring in a lot of money from the theater. Right. So, right. so they can afford to risk it more than they, you don't want them to have Mulan be the first one back. That's, that's for sure. Yes. Um, yeah. All right. Let's talk so about what to watch oh. in under surveillance. HBR released a trailer for Lovecraft Country coming in August. It's based on the book of the same name, which tells the story of a black family in the 1950s uh, crossing the country to investigate its own history in an area associated with Lovecraftian rumors. Uh, very cool. I think when we talked about this before, they had some in- interesting takes on handling the problematic <laughs> racial uh, motifs in the in the Lovecraft universe. Uh, uh, is, am I remembering does, yeah. that no, right? I, I, I read the book uh, for Sword and Laser, and the book uh, confronts it head on. Yeah. It's meant to shine the light on the problematic uh, nature of Love, Lovecraft and his mythology, for sure. <laughs> but while also featuring badass squid monsters and all that stuff. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm actually not going to enjoy I'm really interested in this. Uh, I, was, I mean, the timing, of course, of everything happening is, um, you know, is, is notable. But I was I was reading about this like, wow, you know, it, it, the, it was notable that the person was not only black in the 50s, but into into sci fi. So it's like, you know, that that first black nerd, you know, that that, yeah, yeah. that, w- that was definitely a problematic thing. You know, you get laughed at for for liking sci fi. I mean, you know, even in the 80s, I was, you know, laughed at for, you know, for being in the start in the Star Trek. You know the reruns or whatever. So sure, sure. So, yeah. So like, so like, come, coming from that angle, it got me hooked. If it was just one of those, okay, another historical movie about all the troubles that I guess like I've been there, seen it, I've seen Roots. You know, like I'm good. But but but, but <laughs> seen Roots, I'm good. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> but you know, this, this ha- is this having some sci-fi angles. I- I'm interested in it now. This is kind of Green Book meets Roots with Lovecraftian monsters in the fifties. Uh, those those sound like I'm three in. awesome things. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm in. I'm, I'm going to watch it. Amazon will stream four English Premier League games this summer for all viewers, whether they have a Prime subscription or not. Uh, these are games that would have otherwise not been televised, but Premier League is happening without fans in the stands, uh, like so many sports leagues. Uh, so there have been a lot of uh, arrangements made to try to get those games in front of people, and Premier League uh, will resume on June 17th. Uh, uh, I don't want to go back to things we've already talked about, but uh, I, I, on sports, uh, I, we talked a little bit on uh, net attack happy hour about like, you know, how you solve the problem of the social proof, the excitement, the energy of the crowd, that kind of stuff. I, yeah. I kind of wouldn't mind if, if they just said, Hey, by the way, uh, there's no crowd there, but we're going to play crowd noises because did you watch the Bundesliga this weekend? Uh, they did that. Did they really? That's awesome. Yep. Oh, that's they fantastic. Absolutely did. That's yeah. awesome. Good. So the so the NBA is also going to uh, going to be testing. I hope this is it's more a rumor, or whatever, because it sounds silly. But they're going to be using the NBA 2K game, the crowd noise from that into the game. Oh, really? And that's fine yeah, with yeah, me, man. Yeah, I'm so okay yeah. with that. I think that's good for the. Uh, I guess it's good for us, like the players that. I don't know because they they drive on excitement too. It's like it's going to feel like a pickup game to them if they're not 
they don't have the crowd involved. So maybe some noises for them would be kind of cool. Well, there, there was a, uh, I think, I, I, I'm so sorry that I can't remember what program I say what on, but there was a radio lab talking about the sound engineering that goes into stuff like the Olympics. For example, you know, if you're watching somebody rowing, there's no way with helicopters and crowds shouting and like, like, but you need to hear that sound of an oar hitting the water. So it's all foley. Mm. It's all manufactured in the moment. So it's like, uh, let's put that on front street. Let's just say, yeah, yeah, look, we know what it is, but we want it to feel awesome. Let's go. The uh, Korean baseball organization has been playing their season now for more than a month uh, without fans, but they have the cheerleaders there. And that's a traditional Korean thing. They, they have cheer. When okay. I say cheerleaders too, I mean like they are literally people who lead fans in cheers. Uh, they're not just like a group of people with pom-poms. So uh, they're out there doing, making the noise, <laughs> right. And providing a little bit of that, that feeling that you would get. And it's, it's surprisingly <laughs> effective, even though it's not the huge crowd noise that you would normally have. I, I don't really- blame anyone who thinks it's silly, but I, I genuinely believe it's important. And, 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 and I'm down for it that that story that that he just popped up with the plushies in the, in the stance that is that is the best thing i've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> in my life yeah that korea you, yeah, korea also plushies. coming getting inventive on how to fill out the stands some cardboard cutouts some plushies uh it's all good <laughs> Uh, also, uh, we're not going to have anything to watch if people don't start making stuff again. And that's happening. Production resumed on the film Poppy in New Zealand on Friday. It's the first local film to restart. We talked about how the Avatar production crew is there, but they have to go through a 14 day quarantine. So they're about a week through that now. Uh, New Zealand mm. has a production protocol in place that everyone has to follow to begin production. But they announced today that New Zealand has eliminated almost all of its restrictions because it's gone 12 days without a reported COVID-19 infection. Uh, and there is in fact, no active cases in New Zealand as of this point. So we may be getting a lot That's of great. stuff out of New Zealand. Uh, wow. California has authorized production to resume on June 12th. Those productions have to get signed off from County public health officials. So it won't happen in every County in California, but that's also mm. BRB moving to New Zealand. I'm proud of them. Like they, they, they did what they had to do and now it's gone. Pretty much, yeah. Until we start visiting, <laughs> and because of their their effectiveness in fighting this virus, all future movies will be Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm okay with this. All right, cool. uh, just checking. Uh, yes, no. The New Zealand is is a pretty impressive uh, in, in the way that they have handled, at least certainly in the results from the way they've handled it. All right, let's talk about what we've had our eyes on. Lamar, what's something you've been watching lately? So I, I wasn't here last week for the HBO Max thing, but that was the greatest thing ever to, to come out in the history of mankind for me. And uh, I've been spending my time watching the Flintstones. What? <laughs> I, okay, so I've watched Princess Mononoke and, and some of the Studio Ghibli things. I haven't watched those before. But at night, because what was fascinating to me about the Flintstones is that I didn't realize all these time that they had a laugh track especially in the early episodes it was like a really bad one too yeah and so i and so i looked up about laugh tracks and i was like wow they were actually pretty expensive to make they were like they were like a, a, a production to make them so they had up a bear gradually eased them off so in later flintstone things i'm, I'm hearing little less and less but right in the beginning it was just like it was just fascinating so i yeah I, in my night watching the flintstones and i don't know why it's so good but it is it's just it's great so I'm spending 15 bucks a month to watch the Flintstones. <laughs> That's an example of one of the things I didn't expect out of HBO Max is, is the number of people who are diving into the catalog for stuff like Flintstones or Looney Tunes or things like that. 
Yeah. I love the catalog, man. And the especially the TCM Turner Classic Movies ones. Like, oh, sure. I've never seen. I've don't get mad at me, guys. I've never seen Casablanca, so I still uh, haven't I, I, seen it. I'm just jealous that you get to experience it for the first time. It's my favorite movie. Oh yeah, you remember you told me that. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna watch that hopefully this week and just any, oh, all great. those classic movies. I just haven't. I want to just dive all into them. Let's take a month off. Yeah, I'm not coming back here till to September. <laughs> Report back in a month. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, man, I, I've not been watching a lot, but I just want to give a quick uh, tip of the hat to an audio program, Wind of Change. Uh, it's, uh, you know, Spotify is making a big play to dominate podcasting. So they're doing a bunch of originals. And this one is about the unlikely thesis that the Scorpion song, Wind of Change, was written and paid for by the CIA as part of a campaign. Um and it, 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 I'm only two episodes in, it gets silly, uh, but then it, hmm. but then it reminds you of the real stuff the CIA has tried in the past. And then it sounds less silly. And then you listen to some scorpions and then you're back to the CIA crazy ops. It's, I, I really enjoy it. What, what is this on again? Uh, it's on, it's a Spotify exclusive, but it's a, a podcast. It's called wind, oh, okay. wind of change. Gotcha. Right uh, I want to uh, put in a good word for Joy of Life, which I've been watching on Vicky. It's a Chinese wuxia. Uh, wuxia is the martial arts uh, stories. And this one's not a, a fantasy one. Uh, this isn't, you know, the gods in heaven and, and superpowers and anything like that. This is just, if you know Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, that is an, a, uh, probably the most common example that U.S. folks have uh, of wuxia. And it's like that. It's funny. It's got a modern sensibility. And the fighting scenes are great. So if you're just looking for like a good martial arts watch, subtitled, which I know that that you know throws it out for some people, but uh, if you can handle subtitles and you like want a good martial arts uh, series, it's about 46 episodes long, called Joy of Life on Vicky. Bryce, what should we be on the lookout for? Hey, if you're looking for something fun, we got a pick from Ian. Ian writes, Cord Killing Extraordinaires. I wanted to share my current favorite show, Taskmaster. It's a British comedy panel show where five comedians compete in a range of tasks given to them by the Taskmaster, ranging from eating the most watermelon to painting a picture in the dark or making the biggest mess. It sounds simple, but it's truly hilarious. It's got a 9 out of 10 on IMDb and a 100% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. There are currently nine seasons in the UK, but I discovered that their new YouTube YouTube channel has been releasing one episode per week and is on uh, series five. Actually, looking at it today, it looks like it's on series six. So uh, even even more so far. With the current COVID stay-at-home orders, they've also been creating a home tasking game where fans are given a task and the best ones are aired on the YouTube channel. It is a bright spot in the current non-socializing world. Uh, Ian from Florida, thank you, Ian. Yeah, there, there is nowhere to stream this on the US, including what seems to have been a possibly short-lived US adaptation of Taskmaster. But now many of the full episodes are now on YouTube. If you just search Taskmaster, that's all one word, uh, and that's where they've got a full episode streaming there. So if you've got something we should be on the lookout, email it to us, cordkillers at gmail.com. This is a brilliant idea. Are you kidding that kid me? catching the arrow. Yeah, I right? know. I want to see this. I want to see this on YouTube for sure. Hey, folks, uh, if you are working from home, you are one of a lot of people right now. And uh, I've been doing this for 10 years or so. Patrick Beja, a friend of mine, has been doing that for more than 10 years. So we got together and started a new podcast called Work in Sanity, just sharing our tips and experiences from working from home with you. Uh, if you're looking for you know somebody to hear chat about all the challenges of working from home, check it out at workinsanity.net. Oh, but while you're working from home, 
home, you've got to be using some kind of computer, don't you? Why don't you get yourself a doghouse system? Look, you know you've got to upgrade your computer at some point. So head on over to doghousesystems.com slash V slash Rogue. That's R-O-G-U-E. Use promo code Rogue at checkout. We'll get credit for the sale. These are the folks who have provided all of the equipment that have made this entire experience possible. Thank you to our friends. Let's move on to the front lines. Front lines. Quibi executives have agreed to take a 10% pay cut, quote, because it's the right thing to do. According to a memo from Jeff Katzenberg and Meg Whitman, the co-executives, they said the company is in a good financial position and is, quote, not laying off staff as a part of cost-saving measures. In fact, the company has added a dozen new Quibi employees and renewed several shows. Brian. And it's totally unrelated that 10 is the maximum number of minutes for each Quibi. That's right. A Quibi is a quick (laughs) bite. You don't have the time and we don't have the money. We're Quibi. (laughs) So, Lamar, you're watching a lot of Quibi, right? Not, not at all. I I, love that golden arm, man. I have a friend friend who has a show. I, I pop in, but, you know, I love him. But Quibi, Quibi can go, and I would not cry tear for them. But uh, well, at least we can all agree that having all of your executives take a ten percent pay cut is perfectly normal. Well, it's it's certainly what the most successful, popular uh, Nielsen estimates that streaming <laughs> is staying higher than it was pre-lockdown, despite the lifting of restrictions. Connected TV <laughs> includes game consoles. <laughs> Uh, 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 I don't know what Rooks is. Smart smart TVs on the lights. Roku's. Oh, Roku's. There we go. Uh, uh, March 2, Nielsen estimated 2.7 billion hours of viewing on on connected devices. That peaked at 3.9 billion for two weeks from March 23rd through April 5th. As uh, lockdowns were eased, the hours fell, but not by much. We're still watching a lot of shows. Uh, The week ending May 10th still had 3.5 billion hours viewed. Nielsen said traditional live TV usage uh, in early May was only marginally higher than in 2019. That does surprise me a little bit. Yeah. Uh, People got used to it. Mm, Yeah. And, and, and not, and, and turned to it, right. Not, not turning to traditional TV and increasing that, but, but turn into streaming and getting used to it. Like I said, Roku has added a program guide grid to its Roku channel app, which shows what's streaming at the moment on the 130 viewing options in the Roku channel app. Uh, the options include several live news streams. It's basically, if you've seen Zumo or you've seen Pluto, Roku channel has a version of that. Uh, and they've now added a grid to be able to, to see all of that stuff at once. The Roku channel also offers on-demand programming. Uh, some of that's free with ads, some of its premium offerings like Stars, BET+, Acorn TV, uh, and such. But this grid is for that free streaming on demand pluto tv like stuff and the next web reviews a chrome extension called tv chart that adds imdb ratings to your netflix account a graph button is added to titles uh, that you could click on to get imdb ratings it can even show episode specific ratings i i i maybe just being like a a a, a number file i I just love i love all of this the metrics i i want to know what everybody else thinks of everything i don't care about people Mm. <laughs> well, the, the next web, uh, the next web that created this was frust- the the article that wrote about this was frustrated with the Netflix recommendations they get, uh, and we're looking at this as an as an alternative to that. If you're just looking for recommendations, so I don't know. Uh, 
XDA developers obtained renders of something that may be Google's upcoming Android TV stick, codenamed Sabrina. Uh, we've talked about this before. The renders come from pre-release firmware provided by an XDA-recognized developer called Deadman96385. The device in the video is oblong, shown in black, white, and pink. The top half of the remote shows a control wheel, a mute button, and a Google Assistant button, among others. Screenshots of the interface show large tiles for shows and a grid for YouTube TV, which presumably would be built in. Firmware also indicates support for Dolby Vision. Uh, this is basically the alternative to the Chromecast, whereas the Chromecast, you have to have a mobile device to control it. This will mm -hmm. be like a Chromecast, but with Android TV so that you could use a remote to control it. And if only they made something like this before, you know, that was a box that had their name on it that that did the same function that survived. That'd be cool. See what oh, you're doing. Totally. Yeah. No, I'm gonna pull out my old Google TV uh from Logitech <laughs> when this comes out and compare and contrast. Yeah. You still have yours? Oh my god. It's in I'm the closet mine. over there, yeah. Yeah, okay. A collector's item. Tom, should we Hor check the dispatches hoarders. from the front? I mean, if you want, sure. <laughs> Matthew wrote in and said, love the show, guys, listening in Derby, UK, or is it Derby, UK? I am blind and have been doing the online watch party thing for a very long time with other blind people. We have a bit of a novel solution to this. As none of us can see the images, we gather together on a voice over IP program called Team Talk, which lets transmission of stereo audio happen, and one of us pipes the audio track with the audio description into the conference, and then we all listen together like this. As an example, Netflix recently added audio descriptions to Breaking Bad. So a few of us have been watching it together like this for the past couple of weeks. I have personally been doing this for at least 10 years now, but totally understand that this is a niche thing. I would love this to catch on, but I agree with Tom. I think it's a novelty that will wear off for most. I don't know that it will be a novelty that will wear off. I, I'm really astonished. Uh, 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 we've got some fans of not only the podcast, but also of like a, a scam school, scam nation. We've had people come out to the bars who uh, are like, hi, I'm blind. I love your show. I watch it all the time. And I'm like, I'm doing visual magic. And he's like, uh, he's like, yeah, but sometimes it's not visual, <laughs> but I certainly enjoy the show. Like, well, I, 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 I don't think, think this Matthew's wonderful. saying it'll wear off for the for the for his group i think he's saying other people who haven't been doing it for 10 years like he has for different reasons might it might wear no, off well in in which which also uh back up my play where it's like i think is something instinctual of us all gathering around the fire to hear stories yeah. I, I, I think that's what's going on do, do, do you remember the xbox 360 had, had and netflix collaborated and had yep. that netflix that was the most amazing thing to to sync up and watch a movie with people i know that people do it on discord now with rabbit or whatever it's called but um yeah i, I think what you say right it's true there is a there is a nice thing to to be able to get together with friends and watch something so uh, watch parties are definitely not going to go away I, I i think it hit it hit at the right time with people i think netflix was too early i think this is the right time for it it's not, it's not going anywhere yeah well, Anonymous wrote in about this too, said you guys were talking about the watch party add-ons and features coming to streaming service, and you seemed pretty cold on it. I've never used one either. However, I work for a school with a one-to-one -one laptop program. About a week after the school went into quarantine, we got email requests from dozens of students asking for us to allow the Netflix <laughs> watch party extension on their laptops. Teenagers who aren't allowed to leave the house but still want to watch movies and shows with their friends and not their parents might be a pretty big audience for this kind of service, at least at the moment. Uh, and yeah. 
<laughs> Olerker writes in saying, in response to Brian's question about why anyone would pick just HBO instead of HBO Max when they load the app, there seems to be some confusion among people who don't listen to Cord Killers about what HBO Max even is and how much it costs. So some people may just pick, uh, do, do the thing that's the same thing as I have right now. Uh, he also goes on to say uh, uh, he really enjoyed how sad Brian was that the transition was painless, so much so <laughs> that he went and watched it again on the YouTube video. <laughs> Brian signed up for HBO Max Live on the show last week, Lamar. Yeah. And he was expecting it to go badly, and it didn't. And it did not go badly. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Ed Ross has responded to your question, Brian, about what the difference between Channel 4 and BBC 4 is. He says, hello, and this is an abridged version. He gave us a full rundown of everything, but it this was is the, the shortened version. Uh, Ed wrote, here is what Channel 4 is and isn't in the UK. What is Channel 4? Channel 4 is the station you get if you press the 4 button on a remote control. What I'm with you so far. Channel 4? Uh, okay. BBC 4 is not Channel 4. BBC 4 is a BBC TV channel. ITV 4 is not Channel 4. It is an ITV TV channel. And ITV 3 plus 1, although 3 plus 1 equals 4, ITV 3 plus 1 just shows what was on ITV 3 one hour later and is also not Channel 4. All the best, Ed. Crystal what? clear. Thank you very much, Ed. <laughs> okay, it all makes sense now. <laughs> Man, I was blind, but now I can see. I, yeah, I don't understand. Why, how can we possibly have been confused? <laughs> we, sheesh. Uh, most okay. importantly, if I want to see more of your beautiful face, Malamar Wilson, where should I go? Oh, man. So, yeah, you can check me out on YouTube. I, I do uh, tech and gaming primarily, primarily more more gaming. Uh, so, yeah, check me out on YouTube.com slash Lamar Wilson. We'll be starting to – I'm working on a series for something for uh, Instagram for IGTV, too. So you can follow me there at Lamar Wilson on Instagram if you'd like to. Are you, uh, uh, awesome. you going to play The Last of Us Part Two? Oh, yes. Okay. Because I mean, I, I, we spent six hours uh, with my 12 year old watching the entire playthrough of the game just so I can force her to watch 40 hours of her dad crying constantly playing it. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I played the remastered version on the PS4 and I loved it. Loved so it, loved it. So, yeah, I'm still waiting for it. Yeah. Our website is courtkillers.com. Our email address is courtkillers at gmail.com. We're live on twitch.tv slash night attack, which is also carried on diamondclub.tv Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Thanks again, Lamar. See Thank you. Week. Hey, Tom Merritt. Yes, Brian Brushwood. Know who I love even more than my own children? Your other children? No, not my wife. I know what you're saying. I love our $5 patrons. These are the people that keep us loud, live, and independent. Thank you so much, $5 patrons. You know what? I love them more than not life itself, because then I'd be dead and I couldn't appreciate them, but really, really, really close. And I'm so thankful that they are here to make this show happen. Thank you so much to all of our $5 a month patrons. You guys are wizards. You're champions. You're heroes. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>